We might say that Arcadia is a vision of a place rather than a location on a map, though there is a Greek province that has that name. One art historian specializing in the 18th century suggests Arcadia can be thought of as a world undisturbed by modern civilization, where we exist in harmony with nature and in an ideal state, a lost Eden of sorts, a place of beauty and peace, where lives are lived without pride and the other seven deadlies. When the Robert Dale Corral adopted a new name in the 2013-2014 season, they chose to become the Arcadia Corral, explaining, since we strive to create beauty in the world of sound, having a name associated with natural beauty and harmony creates some wonderful resonances. And of course, the Corral recognizes that Arcadia is a state of perfection, simply an ideal in a broken world, but at the same time believing fully that music has a power to heal and help us live together amid the pain and suffering of the world we live in. In these especially trying times, the Arcadia Chorale lost its much-loved and respected music director, Dr. Stephen Thomas, to illness and death. And as they begin the 2021-2022 season, they welcome their new music director and conductor, Matthew Rupsich, who has planned a program that recognizes the distressing times we live in and at the same time celebrates the power of music in our lives. This is an uh, incredible opportunity that I've been named the third music director for the Arcadia Chorale. I'm following two incredible directors prior to my appointment, Robert Dale Herma and, of course, Dr. Stephen Thomas. And the Chorale, in many ways, was given to me in very good hands. Um, I stepped in, as many know, as the interim music director when Dr. Thomas became ill. And then right after that, we hit the pandemic. And, you know, we were in a very challenging time and still going through difficult times, I will say, as a community in this area as well as our country and nation. But to come back to here with Arcadia, you know, we had a, we had a difficult time because we lost Stephen in, in 2020. And it's been a, a challenge for us, but I'm really grateful that I've been able to help guide the corral through these turbulent times. And as I have guided them, I believe we have done some interesting and creative things with our virtual recordings that we did last year. Uh, the corral is doing well. We're excited about this season because we're giving live performances again, and we're moving on, and we're moving on in a healthy way. A lot of that has to do with the singers that are members of the ensemble. It also has to do with new singers coming in, as well as we have a very active board, an advisory board that are engaged and are continuing to do the work that needs to be done to help this ensemble continue to thrive in this area. And so to be part of that, to be part of this organization is uh, a treat for me. It's a real honor. And I'm excited about us moving forward together and making music together in new and different kinds of ways. And the moving thing for us is that you have taken the opportunity to return to performance in person with a program that acknowledges what music can do with and for us in such a time of distress as we've been in. 
It's interesting you say that, Erica. As you say it, I have goosebumps when you say that because I totally agree with you that music can be relevant to current times and it could be reflective of years past and it also can challenge us to look in the future. And this program that Arcadia is presenting, Heroes Among Us, on Saturday, October 23rd and Sunday, October 24th, really speaks to that. It speaks to us in, in the moment of, of where we are. The beginning of the program starts with focusing on the creation and, and Genesis, uh, the text coming from Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3, with a piece composed by William Richter. And it's, it's a somewhat showstopper of a piece. It's a big piece, and it's, it's a statement, but it, it brings us out of the darkness into light. And it, that is what I hope that this program overall does for us as singers and for our audience members alike. We then move into really paying respects, uh, deep respects for the individuals we lost due to the pandemic and, and other crises that we've experienced. We'll be singing Frank Tichelli's There Will Be Rest, as well as Stephen Chapman's Remember, which focuses on Christina Rossetti's poem. And it tells us that we need to remember those whom we have lost. As the program continues, I move to focusing on being grateful and thankful for our essential workers and first responders. As I mentioned, the program is entitled Heroes Among Us, and this program is dedicated to the first responders and essential workers that have been helping us get us through the pandemic, as well as to, I'll say, continuing to get us through the pandemic. And I want us as an organization to celebrate them and their work. I should say that these essential workers and and first responders get free tickets to come to this concert. We want you there. We want you and your families there. Please come and help us celebrate you and the work that you do. We do that with one of our first pieces, All That Half-Life and Breath, Praise the Lord by Renee Clausen. This is a really exciting, jubilant piece, just stating that we give praise to God specifically. It's based on Psalms 96 and 22. But we're, but we're thinking we're giving praise to our essential workers. We're also singing an Italian uh, motet, Exultate Deo, that's based on Psalm 81. And then we finish that section with Elaine Hagenberg's My Companion, where we realize that during this difficult time, we could not get through this pandemic without the essential workers, the healthcare workers, the postal workers, the grocery clerks. And they are our companions, and we need to thank them. We need to take time to thank them. Uh, I challenge us to be even more grateful to them for the work that they do. Another thing, as you said, Erica, that how I try to select music that is relevant to what we're going through, I've decided to do a couple of pieces that focus on social justice. Since these issues have really come more to light uh, during the pandemic, even though they've been around for years and decades, but it's important that we, we lift up the social justice issues that have been happening around us. Specifically, we're doing a piece, actually interesting, originally written by the band U2, and it's called MLK, and it's based on Martin Luther King, but it's an elegy to Martin Luther King. It's very pensive. It's very It's short. In some ways, people have described it as being simple. It has a beautiful tenor solo that is being done by West Pool Tenor that many of us know in the area. And it's a, a beautiful contemplative work that expresses us to, I'll say, somewhat to slow down and to rest and to be reflective of the, 
of the race challenges around us. Next piece that we're doing in this section focusing on social justice is entitled Would You Harbor Me? by a female composer, last name Barnwell. And this is an incredible piece, and it's sung almost like a chant, um, not a unison chant, but uh, a, I'll say a choral chant. And it challenges the listener to, to take up the call to treat others as all are worthy of love. Text, phrases that are in this text, is the repetitive text is, would you harbor me, would you harbor me? But it continues to say, would you harbor me if I am uh, uh, gay? Would you harbor me if I have AIDS? Would you harbor me if I am Jewish? Would you harbor me if I am different from yourself? Would you harbor me if I am different than the way you look? So it's a wonderful piece that it, it makes one challenge oneself to really think deeply, if you were in a situation, would you harbor someone who is different from you and suffering? It's a beautiful work, and I'm, I'm really excited about us doing it. We close the first half of the program with a piece that I've done numerous times with different groups. It's called El Pueblo Unido. It's written, arranged by Jean Blickman. The piece originally comes from Chile, and it is a piece that was written when Salvador Allende was elected president, and he was overthrown and assassinated in a, in a, a coup, and General Pinchay at that time led the coup, and he became president at that time. This piece became very well known in Latin America, and it was, it was sung at the victory celebration then of Richard Lagos, one of the newly elected presidents of Chile. And the text talks about standing up and singing, stand up to the struggle. You could be strong. You could, you could fight. You could have your voices heard. And that happened a lot during the pandemic when we have a, a lot of marginalized groups of individuals and people who needed to have a voice. And this piece specifically tells us that we should stand up and stand up for their struggles and to support them and to hear them. And uh, this piece has, as I said, become really known in, in Latin America as well as in Mexico. And then what happens, it, it has become a sort of, I will say, a national anthem for people who come under the, I'll say, history or the ethnicity of Latin America. And, and it becomes their, their mantra, their national anthem, and it becomes very exciting to sing. There's chant in it, and it's a really vibrant song, and we close the first half of the program with that number. And then the second half of the program, it focuses on reconciliation and healing. We open up with Healing Heart by Jacob Navarud. It's a wonderful piece. It has a ostinato-like feel throughout the work, and it talks about the healing power of time, and time can heal life's pains and disappointments and actually transform them into hope. It's a really, really wonderful piece. We move on to Benjamin Britten's Concord, which comes from his choral dances. And it's about Concord specifically, meaning that we, we agree to live in harmony and how can we do that. We celebrate that by singing uh, an Italian motet, Jubilate Deo, by uh, Orlando De Lasso. We talk about love. Love is not all the time refreshing and exuberant and moving, but sometimes it's difficult. And this piece, I Love My Love by Gustav Holst, 
is based on a Cornish folk song, and it, it talks about two lovers who struggle with their loves and, and parental relationships. And it's a fabulous, dramatic work. It's really wonderful. I'm looking forward to having the crossing that. We continue with other pieces. I Will Be Earth by Gwyneth Walker. We, we talk about the piece of wild things. I have to say I was just drawn to that title immensely because if we, if we look at the world we live in right now, if we, if we just take a moment to step back and, and I'll say rest and, and be reflective, we see that the wild things around us, there's a lot of wild things around us. And I consider the wild things as just people who are different than ourselves that we could have the peace of all the wild things come together. And I believe that's where I come from with focusing and, and programming this piece. It's based on a poem by Wendell Berry, and it's just uh, a beautiful, specifically the piece is dedicated to the welfare of all beings. And, you know, we just we need to remember that we could have peace all together, even though that we may be different. And lastly, we need to remember... Uh, I will say that we're loved, and the last piece is entitled I Am Loved, written by Christopher Harris with text, again, by female poet Sarah Teasdale. And it talks about singing to the stars, singing to the skies that you love, to remember that I am loved, and that when we are loved, that all things are possible. And this piece is set with a dramatic piano accompaniment that will be done by our fabulous accompanist, Tukasa Waltich, and... It's an exciting piece, and it, it, it tells us that we can move on in healthy ways since we are loved. And uh, that's how we close this program. You used the word transformation and healing. Part of the importance of music is not just the words, the text that are comforting and the music that is beautiful and those sorts of things, but isn't it part of it sharing in each of these pieces those that reflect the darkness and those the light together as an individual listener with other individual listeners. We somehow have a community in the course of the concert, even if we're not talking to each other, because we're all experiencing this extraordinary energy together. Absolutely. I, I feel when I do this kind of work and this kind of programming, I do think individually of what, what message I would like to, to convey. And usually it's about a journey. I, w I want to move people and my singers to experience something that is not stagnant. I want them to feel that there's some movement and that there's a journey that we can go on together. And I should also say that it's not a journey that is specific to sort of one direction. I, I accept and applaud that each of us are, are different whether I say this in, in our members of the ensemble or our audience, that our journeys are different. And even though our journeys are different, we can still come together and celebrate together, be reflective together, be happy together, be sad. And we, we can do this together. And I hope that my programs create that arc that will allow that journey to take place. And even though, as you mentioned, we're not necessarily talking about these things within the program, the message is there within the music and the text within the music. And I hope and, and pray, because I asked the Arcadia crowd to do this, is how can they find an emotional context to what they need to do technically? And that means however they, they are performing and what I'm asking them to do technically and, and to do it well, but we need to have the emotional connected side to it so that it becomes 
moving and sort of uh, moving and to have an experience that it's again, as I mentioned, it's not stagnant. That we feel that we are embraced by this this music that we're experiencing, and then maybe it's my good-natured soul or my heart, but I always want to feel that I want to feel empowered to move on to do good. And I, I feel that how we end this program focusing about love and support that then we all can move forward in, in love and support. I should also share with you that, you know, I do take time when it's possible during the rehearsals to, to talk about the pieces with, with the individuals, with the individual members of the chorale. And it's always an interesting dialogue to hear where people come from. And recently we had a conversation about the piece, uh, Would You Harbor Me? As I mentioned, that piece speaking about the refugees. And did I ask the chorale if there would be any moment that you, need, you would have to harbor someone that was in harm? Did anyone ever have that experience? And as I'm building my relationship with them, I'll be honest, not many people stepped up to talk because that's a, a vulnerable moment. But what was interesting is afterwards, some people talked to me afterwards, the rehearsal, as well as some people sent me some emails saying how much they enjoy having those conversations because it helps them relate to the music and it gives them a, a safe space to articulate and share with others maybe their own personal struggles or struggles that they're aware of others and then to put that energy that I'll say even hardship, that pain that happens maybe within this particular piece, and to put that pain, I will say, directed in a, a healthy way through the art of music and being expressive that way. And then we can heal and then we can move on individually, collectively as an ensemble, as well as in, as a community. And that, that makes me very happy, I have to admit. You talked with us on another occasion about how you work with the singers in a technical way in terms of using their mouths and breathing, but how that all plays in and then when that technique is in the service of the power of the music and the words, well, that's when we know we're... That's when we know we're there in many ways. Because it's interesting you say that, Erica, uh, again, because I feel that the foundation, we need to have our technique solid with our foundation and, and our music literacy, and we have to do what's on the printed page. But... If there's not an emotional connection to what we do, it, it runs flat. And I don't mean flat pitch-wise, but it runs flat emotionally. And our job with music is to communicate. And I really, I really stress that. And I hope that through this wide program and wide spectrum of a program that we're able to tell these stories that need to be told, talk about these journeys that we've all had, and and then honor them, sort of work together with them. I almost want to use the term commiserate with each other. And then we're able to, to be able to heal, to move on, and then to talk about how we can move on and, and be, be better to ourselves and be better with others. And I, I really hope that that's what our audience can experience when they hear this program. How can we find you? How can we experience this program? Sure. So we have two concerts. One program will be in Wilkes-Barre and one program will be in Scranton. On Saturday, October 23rd at 7.30 p.m., we'll be performing at St. Stephen's Beautiful Episcopal Church in Wilkes-Barre on Franklin Street. Again, that program's at 7.30. And then on Sunday in Scranton, we'll be at Covenant Presbyterian Church, Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. 
you may find out more information about this program through our webpage, ArcadiaCorral.org, as well as our Facebook page. We have a, a Twitter account as well if you want to check out Twitter. I also want to just remind folks, as I mentioned at the beginning, that this program is honoring our essential workers and first responders, and I would I really want to encourage them to attend. They receive free tickets. You are welcome. You and your families are welcome. And I will say, however you defined as an essential worker, it could be a grocery clerk, it could be someone who works in a pharmacy, it could be a truck driver, it could be an individual who is an EMT or a fire person or a police person, those individuals all are welcome. And of course, we can't forget our educators during this time as well. So we we welcome them and we encourage them to attend and they would be able to come to this concert for free. Matthew Rupsich, the new music director and conductor of the Arcadia Chorale, speaking with us about the concert program Heroes Among Us, a concert honoring first responders and their families. Saturday, this Saturday, October 23rd at 7.30 p.m. at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, 35 South Franklin Street in Wilkes-Barre, and again Sunday, October 24th at 3 at Covenant Presbyterian Church, 550 Madison Avenue in Scranton. All essential workers receive free tickets. All members of the Arcadia Corral are vaccinated and will be wearing masks for the performance. And they are asking audience members to wear masks and masks will be provided if needed. For more information, arcadiacorral.org, A-R-C-A-D-I-A, ArcadiaCorral.org. Heroes Among Us, a concert honoring first responders and their families, this Saturday, October 23rd at 7.30 p.m. at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, South Franklin Street in Wilkes-Barre, and Sunday, October 24th at 3 at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Scranton on Madison Avenue. Again, all essential workers are invited to attend free of charge. For more information, arcadiacorral.org. <laughs>